This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Fuad Saidi, CEO at App Growth Network. Fuad, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Thank you, Art. Thanks for inviting us. Great. Thank you for coming. It's great to have you on the show. All right. So one of the most efficient ways to solve a problem or to make a breakthrough is to zoom out on the situation and see what the set of actions needs to be taken. It's true for many things in our life. And perhaps the most dramatic and quite literal example was the first picture of the entire Earth taken by the Apollo 17 astronauts back in 1972. They zoom out on the Earth itself. It woke up a lot of, lot of people on the environmental issues and changed our attitude towards the nature. Today, we aren't going to tackle that big issue. But still, we want to zoom out on the app marketing and specifically talk about the notion of app lifecycle marketing. But before we begin dissecting this thing, tell me about yourself, Fuad. What is your background? Um, So my background is in digital marketing over a decade. I actually have done app marketing since 2013. Um, I remember first I joined a mobile gaming startup and that we were publishing games. Um, and one thing led to another thing here today with App Growth Network, touched over 250 apps in the career overall um, and various environments where from solo entrepreneurs to enterprises, over 15,000 employees. So I've seen it all, basically all sort of sizes, all sort of budgets and all sort of different stages of mobile apps art. Right, 2013, that's uh, it's like a, almost 10 years ago. And, uh, well, Facebook was not the Facebook that we now know. TikTok wasn't even in our imagination back then. Or the whole tech world was very different back then. It's kind of hard to... Do you ever look back <laughs> to those times in 2013, 2014, how different everything was? Oh, things were totally different. I remember when we were doing apps optimization in 2013, there was not a lot of ASO tools back then. I mean, App Annie was there. There was mm-hmm. like a few. I remember there was app codes or something we were using back then. Um, you could basically, there was not a lot of apps, as competi- a lot of competitors like what it is today. You could put some keywords in the field and you would just rank or... And if you remember the era of Flappy Bird, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. there was lots of clones of Flappies in the App Store and they all ranked and made money. And basically App Store was flooded with a lot of versions of Flappy. So yeah, pretty, yeah interesting times. Pretty Flappy world back then. <laughs> now <laughs> tell, me about your, tell me about that growth network, your company. Uh, what do you guys do? Do you grow apps? Do you we, water do. Them? we we yeah we do we actually are a 20 people company we are headquartered in Vancouver Canada where 90 percent of the team is located most of the business is in North America 
focusing on acquisition retention for apps. Basically, the core services we offer are organic and paid user acquisition, as well as lifecycle marketing, retention, CRM, and analytics for apps. Wow, Vancouver, what a place to work. That's my dream to move there one day, perhaps in the next life. That's sort of a nice environment to work and, uh, you know, to live there. Um, you know, one of the reasons, perhaps the biggest one for app projects to fail is the lack of systematic approach. You know, app brands, uh, in-house marketing teams may have certain skills in one area, but it is don't put all pieces of the app marketing together. Um, and in the app industry, there's such an, there's such notion as the life cycle marketing. So let's define it. What, what is it? Well, life cycle marketing is about creating effective strategies that meet customers' needs at the right stage of their basically journey. Typically it's, and have you heard of the term pirate metrics, the R? Oh yeah, so, R, double R, R, right. R, R. It was funny, I was practicing this with my, my daughter this morning and she was like, well, where's the T, the treasure? <laughs> and I'm like, there's no T, <laughs> but... The, the the truth is, yeah, I mean, in the app world, the R starts with activation, acquisition and activation, then retention and re-engagement, right? And I mean, monetization as well is a part of this. So it's a five-step process, you know, then each stage has its own mechanism for basically enhancing the customer's life, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Um Let's 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 um, pick up a specific example, um, like a photography app. Yeah, so people can see better, like uh, how each stage can or should be applied to the application uh, lifecycle. Yeah. So the funnel starts with acquisition. Yeah. So let's talk about what the stage is about. I realize that among the audience may be seasoned marketers who know this things so well that you can walk them up and wake them up in the middle of an ad and they will tell you every stage. But for the sake of folks who are at the beginning of the marketing path, so to speak, let's explain the acquisition stage. Yeah. So for that, for simplicity, we divide it to two channels. We say organic and paid, right? Mm -hmm. uh, within organic, then it has subcategories like app store optimization, which is search, um, and everything that you do, then you get better conversion for through the app store itself as a channel, social media, email, word of mouth. And paid are obviously what you have to pay to providers like Apple, Google, Facebook, social, TikTok, influencer marketing, anything that you have to pay to get users to the door. So that's basically and for photography app, as an mm -hmm. example, well, what, what kind of photography are we talking about? Is that a photo editor app? Okay. Yeah, let's, let's pick a photo editor app, something that um, yeah. gives some nice touch to the pictures you're, you're taking. So the best step is obviously to focus on the value proposition. How is my product different? So a lot of this is, you know, and what do we do for people and who else is in the market? So we search in the store for keyword photo and then whatever, editor, creator, mm -hmm. maker, right? Each of them. And then come up with ideas of, well, 
where else is the opportunity in the market that we actually can tackle and get the most efficient kind of outcome from our results and then maybe start from search right yep. so search is a good one and then we can go from there right so from the photo app and then you get people to the door and obviously then you got to get reviews testimonials get some social influencers behind it through TikTok or, you know, Instagram and different channels. Can't always yeah. rely on paid. Paid costs money, but you also have to have an organic effort and viral effort, word of mouth effort to sustain that. Right. So it's good to get a good mix. Uh, you may have a nice budget for your application marketing campaign, but it doesn't mean you should rely on paid acquisition only and just burn it through without, you know, and you thought about the getting native traffic and yeah, you're completely right that the influencers, I do wonder how we take it for granted these days that influencer marketing is a part of the mix. And just a few years ago, it was not the case, but now you're, you're kind of a, always keeping it on your radar that uh, reaching out to folks who can be a good, um, good, uh, good connection, good, good bridge between your app and the users, a specific person who has a nice followership on the, um, Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, on all, all of that both, and reach out to people who benefit from your app. Uh, something that you before was thinking only you know, along the lines, either apps optimization or just running ads on the paid acquisition channels like Facebook ads or you know, Twitter ads. Uh, let's... The, most, the most important part is to understand what stage of product lifecycle are we dealing with. Mm -hmm. So, for example, for new apps, when they're just launching, we want to validate the product. So if you want to validate the product, it's really important to have the most qualified users on the product so that we know the traffic source is good. So if you compare, for example, Google UAC, which is a channel mm -hmm. that is usually cheaper to acquire thumbnail compared to Facebook was three times more expensive. So we have prospects or clients asking us, I want a million downloads and I want to spend at least. And I'm like, well, you're just launching a product. Do you really want those million right now? Or do you want to just have thousand to 10,000 downloads to validate your early stage product? And Facebook, yes, you're going to be paying more costs for install, but then you're going to put more criteria there. People at certain age, certain household income, certain jobs, certain, because, you know, social media, everything that you put is used against you for advertising. So then maybe you get a bit of that. So then, and also obviously search is important because it's relevant. Then focus on those scale channels later on when you know that you have the best product in the world or have improved your product to its best potential. And that level, you put scale channels like Google UEC where you can actually like, you know, get a lot of downloads. We call it bang for your buck. Right. The, the validation is really important because up till that point, before you validate your product and see if there's a real demand, it's your assumption. Obviously, you, you, you and your team admire the product you've been working on and you believe it's really useful for people. But before you test this hypothesis, just a hypothesis, you have to test it in the real market and see if there's a real demand before you start really investing in the app marketing, uh, paid acquisition, including. Yeah. Now, now 
for moving up or down, it depends how you rotate the funnel. Uh, activation. So we've got the attention of the people uh, that are using the app. So let's let's make sure they actually start using the app uh, after the moment they download it on their smartphone, put it in the market, and you know become and and proceed with their lives. Uh, what do we do at this point? Basically, these are strategies to convert acquired users to engaged users. So a three-step process, optimize the user onboarding. That's really, really important because you got that first few seconds to capture user's attention. Mm -hmm. And obviously at that level, they're evaluating, do I have to pay for this right away? Well, some people offer free trial, try it for a while, right? And reminder for people that this app exists. Chances are somebody is searching for a, I don't know, we're talking about a photography app, mm -hmm. or the editor app, and they download three of them at the same time. And now they're evaluating this three, right? It's not that the first one to download and that's it forever. They'll try three, four of them at the same time. So push notifications and reminders so that we were one of the ones that you're evaluating in the first maybe week that they're considering that they fulfill the needs to develop that bonding and relationship with them. So activation is consistent, basically um, contains of these three-step process. All right, that, that's that's a really good hint um, because um, obviously um, in, no matter how good, you know, description, the icon, the, the demo video on the app store, um, even reviews that people can read somewhere, and, before the moment they actually try the app, they they just have no idea if this is the app they're looking for. Uh, is this something that they really need to keep on their phones? So they're they're choosing their options, grabbing a few apps, and if you can interact interject your uh, um, push notification messages that uh, coherently uh, reminded by the app. Tell the person that what they should do next and just uh, remind that the app is really relevant and basically kind of gently push him toward your app instead of those, you know, a couple others that he, he may be evaluating at this point. Exactly. So basically statistics shows that uh, apps lose nearly 75% of the users within the first day of app install. That's a statistic out there. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about onboarding, you can ask some critical questions. Basically, what the users want to, when they download the app, always address their needs. What is the app about? What can I do with it? What am I supposed to do next? Am I happy that I downloaded this app? They're in that stage. So you're mm -hmm. going to get them engaged with in-product reminders, the free trials, you're putting your features out there, you know, demoing. Yeah, if, you, if there's no point of hiding a lot of features, well, this is a pro feature, this is a premium feature, just putting it out there, getting them to try it as much as possible, right? We know that we're, some people are just looking for freebies, right? Yeah. But still, it is worth it to put it out there to get them to get hooked on the product at least every day or every other day, depends on the nature of the product, right? Yeah, so we're kind of gently uh, reached the next stage, retention stage, where we, what do we do at the retention stage? We're using push notifications to make sure that people still have your app on the radar. They're not yeah. moving away from the app. Um, there, there may be so many things, you know, uh, that may prevent that specific person from using your app that 
kind of unpredictable, not only for you, but he, her, for him or herself. And yeah. there, there got to be um, ways to remind about the app and kind of guide him or her through the application experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for retention, you want to break it by different days. So day one, day seven, and day 30. Mm-hmm. So, right. So then each of these, they have different strategies to sustain, right? You know, we talked about day love example one, custom notification or one thing in app communication. So it's about the segmentation of to who we're sending, what sort of communication and their journey is different. Somebody who's on day five might need to see something different than somebody who's on day one. And mm-hmm. somebody who's on day 14, because at some point we need to charge them for money or at some point they need to, they, they've, they've, the product validation stage is done. They realize that I need this every day. Let's say meditation app. They say seven days is what you need to get hooked on it. So every night you form those habits. So yeah. that's where we're actually forming habits. And applying app gamification elements. This is really, really, really important part. So hierarchy of rewards People usually like to have a belonging to a community to achieve something. They're yeah, achievers definitely. for games, the social, the tokens. Um, again, I've spoken various about various kind of events about companies like Duolingo. They just went IPO recently. Mm-hmm. They actually mastered this whole gamification in the product through leagues, through social, through leaderboard, through daily streaks ways to actually for people to feel like they have a belonging beyond just the day-to-day habits. Right. We're, we're, um, we're social animals. We like to belong to group, other group of people, share their interests, share your achievements, um, hints, tips, tricks, uh, your progress in the app. Yeah. And the Duolingo is a really great example um, because this is about the learning a language and you have to apply a lot of... Uh, tricks in a, in, a, in a good sense to help that person to progress and make the use of the application. Um, so yeah. yeah, take, take notes uh, uh, for uh, how the like apps like Duolingo uh, introduce itself to the users. And uh, now next up is, um, is the case where uh, um, it doesn't matter like how hard you may try to avoid this stage, but it's going to happen inevitably. Some people will churn tr- away this churn rate that says that, um, I don't know, three quarters of folks are churning away within the first um, 30 days, days or something that are just uh, stop using the app. You have no idea for whatever reason it may happen. But there's the, the game is not over. You have still have the ways to uh, get back some of those people. Um, so what do we do to bring them back? Yeah. So look, we talked about retention day one, seven and 14 and 30, sometimes waiting till day 30 is too late. These things have to come. You need to be proactive. So for example, I have this push notification from CoinMaster. We sent you 20 free sprint, spins and 1.5 million coins. Don't tell anyone. You know, they try to make it a secret, nice. like, you know, something really mm-hmm. special to this person. Right. Oh, wow, I've got something here. You know, if they wait till two weeks, the person might have lose their interest about like the goal is to play daily, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, discount or a limited time saving. Uber is really good with that. Like, I think, I don't know about you, but I get like 50% off of every other week or something like that. Then, you know, either from Lyft or Uber, they're trying to do something to you every other while. Yeah, the, uh, I think the key part is that uh, it shouldn't sound, it shouldn't feel like a stretch. It should be really something useful. Be creative. You have to be able to think through what the real benefit you, you may bring to people, you know, approaching them with something. Uh, it shouldn't be empty, hollow uh, proposition that does nothing. Uh, that's 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 the tricky part. But if you can pull it off, you have a really good leverage to bring people back and uh, grow some of part of your uh, apps user base you've lost for a certain period. You you may bring these people back. Yeah, and, and either a financial reward or yeah. some uh, premium feature of the product that they, it's a special thing for them that you know they could, they wouldn't upgrade for that. And I think in-app surveys are really good ones. So there's third-party tools that you can actually put in the product. Love us, rate us, don't love us, tell us why early so mm -hmm. you know why they don't love you. And then later on, try to win them back by offering something, a complimentary service feature. Gotcha. Be, be proactive. Yeah. Now, we're at the stage where um, I would say the majority of app developers um, actually like the reason why they're creating apps to monetize to make money uh yeah i remember a few years ago there was a um, british company that they were conducting uh, massive studies about app developers putting uh, like data points for you know tens of thousands of developers and they they had a cohort of people who were hobbyists who were creating apps you know for the sake for the pleasure of creating apps they didn't they didn't want to make any money but they that number of those people was just minuscule, uh, you know, on the general landscape of web development, 99.9% of people creating apps to make a profit, to make a business of it. So how do we monetize an app? Well, uh, we either, there's either in-app purchase or in-app ads, right? So if you are an app that has a lot of low value users, so let's mm -hmm. say some casual games right or some apps that are commodity easy to make right you just want to go for numbers game then yeah in-app ads are the way to go it's based on impressions and all that um, but if you have a product that is quality you've put effort to build it you want to kind of you don't want to bombard it with ads right you want to have in-app purchase so that's very common so monthly subscription or yearly subscription is very important trying to get yearly subscription in front of people as early as you can after the value proposition is defined be smart with it like the color contrast with the x sometimes i've seen people put like a sharp white on blue and it's easy to see the x or some games you can't even find the x it is like black on gray or something there's an x somewhere if you really look deep. like but you know some people just purchase don't underestimate the spontaneous the purchase of the buyers out there if you want to increase your like you know subscription ratio and one-time purchase like for example bumble they have a one-time lifetime purchase portable north world you buy this product for because you have children it's a holiday app you know well a lifetime purchase and some people see value in saving but these are like like couple hundred hundred dollars purchases like i think bumble premium was two hundred dollars or portable notebook lifetime pass was 400 right so 
mm-hmm. you paid for like five years, 10 years to use it actually, right? Bumble, they, yeah. it's like a lifestyle app. If you're single, you're dating. If you're not single, you're networking. They've got the biz, they've got the BFF. So every stage of your life, mm-hmm. you can actually use this for a long time and benefit from it, right? So as long as you can find like a value proposition that is for longer term beyond just a short-term need, then you can actually like be smart about a one-time lifetime purchase in our purchase with that as well and really leverage like the customer for life value proposition. You know what? I find a subscription model being so widespread these days. Uh, at some point, I thought that's going to be only the option for, you know, folks who are selling, uh, you know, content services like, you know, video, audio, books but now so many utilities like you're you're looking for a video or audio editor for your ipad or something and um, like the top apps you're you're looking at they all provide subscription and something like five seven bucks uh to get the 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 basic features and then they're they're offering you the subscription for a month for a year obviously giving you a certain discount if you're subscribing for a year so subscription model is all over the place. Um, it, I, I, if I remember correctly, the, like the recent numbers for the classical paid model was that it's actually gradually fading away. It's, it used to be one of the uh, like, yeah, pretty big portion, uh, even what the net purchase was um, the major option. Paid apps were still a pretty big chunk of the app ecosystem. Today, it looks like the app subscription is the name of the game, right? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, people because there's so much, so many free apps out there, free to use apps out there. There's no point of you know, unless you have a big brand, something is established, it's a utility that people really need to use on the go. Let's say a ruler. Mm-hmm. for construction workers that is super special and they know they have to go to Home Depot and buy it and now this is something. So right. outside from this, I think the, the marketplace is saturated with a lot of apps and you could have a good value proposition to stand out. Okay. And that was a final question for the major topic on the table. But as always on this show, we have a small second part where we ask just a few questions to every guest we have on the show. Yeah. And here they are. They're, they're small but nice. Uh, what smartphone do you have? Have you been switching between iOS and Android or staying one side all the time? I have an iPhone 12 Pro, and I have been with an iPhone user for the past 10 years, I would say. I thought you were going to say 100 years. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what was your first mobile phone? Sony Ericsson. Oh, oh Sony Ericsson. Do you remember that? That you remember was that? my actual first mobile phone. Uh, <laughs> um, up till now, the, uh, you know, um, Sony Ericsson was, I, I, I don't remember that anybody mentioned among 80 plus people on this show. So you're the first one who mentioned Sony Ericsson. Now, imagine you've left your smartphone at home now. What would be the most missing feature for you? Slack. Oh. <laughs> oh, and nice. Slack. Slack, and, Slack and Maps, these two things, right? Yeah. Uh, Google Maps or Apple Maps? 
Well, it depends, right? I usually use Apple Watch, so I like when I'm driving. The Apple, the Apple Maps gives you a vibration in your hand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you just like you don't have to look at your phone. So That's it's really convenient, that way right? Apple Watch. Yeah, it's like a vibration, you know, it's a turn coming, or so it, it doesn't distract you from driving, but let you know no. that you have to turn. Really nice, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, when you're looking at your um, um, iPhone 12 Pro. Do you think there there's something that is missing on software hardware, something that you would like to be improved, like you've been waiting for this thing and it's still not there? Like, you know, live battery could be better or something? Overall, I think there's a big improvement. What I think I I see something that they need to come up with is a marking on red for SMS. So where somebody sends you a text, you look at it, you have a busy life of ours, mm-hmm. right? We, just, we don't have an answer like WhatsApp, so I can mark as on red and I get back to it later. Yeah. I wish to improve that. But uh, on the other hand, I just got iOS 15 two days ago on my phone. It's a game changer, I think. It's Did a really use, good... Uh-huh. Do you use Focus already? I am starting to do focus. Actually, I like the fact that I do different for my sleep versus uh, daytime. I haven't opt customized it yet. Who I want to receive calls from, because we could totally get dragged into the busy lifestyle of technology. We're bombarded by push notifications from Slack, from our colleagues, from our partners, or you know. Um, and I think that's what they're trying to, the message that they're trying to come up with to focus on the um, segmentation, grouping. So you see, let's mm-hmm. say, all the notification about certain topics at different time, right? So they're trying to, like, make our lives easier instead of technology disrupting with our lives, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, uh, they're trying like a... to, at least. <laughs> They're trying hard, yeah. Um, it, it remains to be seen how successful that effort will be uh, because you you have no idea what the default settings should be because, we, like I said, we all have different lifestyles. It's absolutely impossible to predict like at what point what kind of setting for the focus should be. So it's still on you to decide. But I hope that for, for many people it will be very useful and bring some order and sanity to their daily lives. Yeah. And before I let you go, just a very final question. How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Well, appgrowthnetwork.com is our website. My, my email is forward at appgrowthnetwork.com. I'm on LinkedIn, forward Saidi, and, and I think in this podcast you'll put some link to our website oh, yeah. to my information Absolutely. down there. I look forward to you know um, see this and support the community by all Great. means. That's terrific. Thanks a lot for your time and coming on our podcast pod. Thank you. Thanks, Art. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Bye bye. And that was Fouad Saidi, CEO at App Growth Network. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all over the place. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer if you're still listening to podcasts on computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. 
And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com. 